Who are the real people we consider our sages? Who were they in life? What is the legacy they left us? Join Rabbi Danny Saxton for the next hour as he explores the lives of our Torah giants, the spiritual geniuses who shaped the way we approach Judaism today. That's Focus on Our Sages right now on 101.9 High FM. Good afternoon. Welcome to Soul to Soul. Always a joy to be with you on a Wednesday afternoon. And let's, uh, I have a number of very fascinating things to share with you this afternoon. So thank you for tuning in and please stay with us. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about is, uh, we try to talk about the great sages, the great leaders of the Jewish people over the centuries and try and discuss a little bit about who they were and what their accomplishments and contributions were to the Jewish people. Um, so today I'd like to talk a little bit about the Maharal, the great and holy Maharal, because it was the Maharal's Yotzat on Monday. Today is the 20th day of the month of Elul um, in the Hebrew calendar. And two days ago on Monday was the 18th of Elul, Chai Elul, and it was the Yotzat of the famed, the holy, the great Maharal. The Maharal was born on Pesach night, so Leil Haseda, in the year 1525. Um, he was born in Poland, and he was born to a very distinguished rabbinic family. Um, his name was Yehuda, says Yehuda ben Betzalel Luvi. Um, his father Betzalel was a, was a very accomplished and respected person, rabbi in the community. And in fact, the Maharal's family could trace their lineage all the way back to David Hamelech, to King David. Um, he reserved, he served as, um, the, he, he obviously was a brilliant young man and became a very prominent rabbi at a young age. He became a rabbi in Nikolsburg, in Poland, and then later in Prague. The Maharal had a very unique style and he was one of the first within the Jewish people to be able to blend a tremendous Talmudic scholarship and knowledge of Shas, of the Talmud, as well as a very deep understanding of Kabbalah, of the Kabbalistic wisdom, of the um, the myst- mystical side of Judaism. And his writings are a blend of the two, which is very rare. Usually Kabbalistic writings about Kabbalistic topics and, uh, and Talmudic writings about Talmudic t- topics, but to be able to blend the two and to show how the one is reflected in the other and to show the depth in everything in Judaism and the source of all that we do really is the Kabbalistic wisdom, is the style of the Maharal. And uh, he was a prolific author. He wrote many, many works. He wrote his famous commentary on the uh, Perush of Rashi on the Chumash called the Gur Arya. So any student of the of Chumash, of the written Torah, of the five books of Moses, um, immediately looks at Rashi and to understand the depth and the um, and the uh, the points that Rashi is making, it's essential to learn the Gurarya, the commentary of the Maharal. He also wrote uh, works on Pesach. He wrote works on Geula, on the ultimate redemption. He wrote works on on Midos and character development. And so the Maharal's writings are many and are deep and are rich, and. Uh, the tremendous wisdom that the Maharal shares is really very popular in our modern world today, and certainly in our 21st century. The teachings of the Maharal, 
um, and the, the extensions of the teachings of the Maharal are essential to our inspiration and our understanding and our um, observance of Judaism today. The Maharal also associated with the Maharal is this whole legend of the Golem. The Golem was a, a creature that could be created by Kabbalists, which couldn't talk but would follow commands of its maker. In fact, um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein um, has its source as the uh, golem of Prague, the golem that, that uh, some claim the Maharal made. Um, however, the most experts in this area, those who are experts in the Maharal, those who are the authentic um, Jewish experts in the Torah world, they say that it's not true and the Maharal didn't make a golem and these are just uh, stories that are told about him. Um, and of course, the greatness of the Maharal is not the Golem, but rather his tremendous teachings and his works and his writings, which we uh, rely on greatly to this day. So that was the, the, the Maharal. He passed away in the year 1609, which makes this year the 411th Yotzat of the Maharal, which was two days ago. And uh, the great and holy Noshama Yehuda ben Betzalel, um brought tremendous light into the world, and his light continues to shine within Klal Yisrael. So as we know, we are not far away from the wonderful festival of Rosh Hashanah. Uh, as mentioned, today is the 20th of Elul, so we have just uh, uh, about 10 days to go. Uh, next Friday night is first night Rosh Hashanah, and it's very important to have an understanding and a um, and a, an insight into what Rosh Hashanah is about. And there's a beautiful um, teaching from this week's Pasha, the Pasha we read this week, which helps us understand the depth of Rosh Hashanah. The Pasha that we're going to read on Shabbos, and uh, as we've mentioned, it's wonderful to be back in our shuls, although we are all doing our best to stick very closely to the protocols and our uh, social distancing wearing masks, sanitizing, um, and keeping all of the important and necessary protocols. Um, but nonetheless, so although shul is a bit of a different experience to what we used to, it is really great to be back and to be davening in a minion and to be hearing Kedusha and to be hearing Baruch and to be hearing Kaddish and to be reading from the Torah. And so we are um, very excited to be back in our shuls. So this Shabbos, back in shul, we will be able to lay in Baruch Hashem and we'll be learning from the Parshas Natsavim and Vayelech. Because Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbos, so uh, we have to fit in Vayelech as well. And so it's a double Parsha, Natsavim Vayelech. And the Parsha begins, it starts out with the words, Atem Natsavim Hayoim, Kolchem Ifnei Hashem Lokechem. That you are standing, Atem Natsavim means you are standing Hayom today, all of you in front of Hashem your God. That's what Moses tells the Jewish people. The Zohar HaKadosh, the great classical work of Jewish mysticism, tells us that these words, Atem Natsavim Hayom, today. What does Moshe Rabbeinu say Hayom? What's the emphasis of Hayom of today? Um, Hayom is Rosh Hashanah. He was speaking to the Jewish people on Rosh Hashanah. And because Rosh Hashanah is an important time to realize that we are all standing Hayom. Kolchem Lifnei Hashem Lokechem. We are standing in front of Hashem. And that really is the message of Rosh Hashanah, to remind us that not only on the day of Rosh Hashanah, but on every single day we are standing in front of Hashem. 
And that is a basic fundamental teaching within the Jewish people, within Klai Yisrael. Um, the Shulchan Aruch, our work of law, which is the code of Jewish law, which describes the um, the life and the behavior and the laws that apply to the lives of every single Jew. The first words of the Shulchan Aruch are Shivisi Hashem Benegdi Samid, that Hashem is standing in front of me always. That is the starting point of the spiritual journey of the Jew. That is the beginning of the consciousness and awareness of a Jew in this world, that Hashem is everywhere, that Hashem is in front of me, that Hashem is omnipotent. And all that I do and everything in my life is in front of Hashem. And when unfortunately we slip and we stumble and we and we um, give in to our lower selves, we commit transgressions of errors, that is only because we've lost awareness and consciousness of this basic principle that Hashem is everywhere, Hashem sees everything, Hashem is all-powerful. So this is a basic fundamental of Judaism that Rosh Hashanah comes to remind us and to uh, and, and very kindly, we need it. Rosh Hashanah reminds us what we're supposed to be thinking about and uh, what is truly important in our lives. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. Very often we consider this time of year as being frightening and scary and, you know, we get that feeling in our stomachs of anxiety. But we should understand that these beautiful Yomim Tovim that are almost upon us are really a gift from Hashem, are a great kindness that Hashem has bestowed upon us. Because these Yomim Tovim, these festivals, come and remind us what is important in our lives and help us recalibrate and help us um, reprioritize those things that are truly important. And I think it's especially this year, the year of 2020, where we've all been through this unbelievable pandemic, which has changed the world in so many different ways, which is um, nobody could ever possibly have imagined that 2020 would turn out the way it has. And therefore, we are all in that mode of calibration. We are in that mode of of entering into a new reality, into a new normal, into reassessing what our priorities are and what is truly important. And I think the, the, the many wonderful, great lessons that we have all taken from COVID, from this pandemic, um, and one of them certainly is the importance of family and the importance of our loved ones and the importance of relationships and the importance of appreciation, appreciation for our health, appreciation for a roof over our heads, appreciation for parnosa, for being able to support ourselves and earning a living, appreciation for having the light of relationships with family members. So this is all very uh, close to home for all of us. And so Rosh Hashanah, therefore, should be a very natural progression in our current state of mind. And Rosh Hashanah is coming to remind us that there's a king of the world. So as we've been saying, that the, this week's Pasha, 
that you're all standing today, that is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the day we remind ourselves that we're standing in front of Hashem. And that is such an important reminder because anything that we, whenever we transgress and sin, um, that is as a result of us not having a clarity and a cognizance that Hashem is right in front of us. Shivisi Hashem Negdi Samid. Hashem is standing right opposite me constantly. Hashem is here and Hashem sees everything. And Hashem is with us in whatever we do and whatever choices we make. And so that is the, the work now and that is the work of Rosh Hashanah. We, we're about to say slichas. So, um, there's a, a tradition, a custom within the Jewish people that, uh, the week before Rosh Hashanah, we say slichas, which means we add certain prayers to our davening to our morning service. Some people do slichas at night, after midnight. Um, right now there's a curfew, so it's going to be a bit difficult, although there is permission um, to do slichas on Motze Shabbos on the first night, um, after midnight. The chief rabbi um, very valiantly uh, was able to get permission for our communities to stay, say slichas, even though it's after the curfew. So there is special permission. Contact your local Orthodox rabbi, and he will send you the letter, which... Um, you'll print and have with you, so if you stopped, you can present that letter, which is permission to go out on this Saturday night to say slichas at midnight. The slichas are prayers which are supposed to arouse a sense of tshuva, of repentance, and of returning to Hashem. Very beautiful, powerful prayers. We say the Yud Gimel Midas Hashem Hashem Kelrachim V'chanun, which evokes the divine mercy that God is uh, merciful and kind and compassionate. And it sets us into the right mindset and into the mode that we, the mindset we should have now at this time of year for Rosh Hashanah. And as we said, so that mindset is that Hashem is, uh, is in front of us. Hashem Lokechem is with us and he's everywhere with us. There's a pasuk in this week's Pasha, which actually is very powerful and uh, very important, which is in line with what we say. The, the, uh, Pasuk is Perik Haftes, chapter 29, Pasuk Yudzayin, verse number 17. The Torah says, Lest there be amongst you um, those that have a root that is evil. In other words, a root that is bad. A root that produces um, fruits that are negative and that are destructive and that are undermine a person spiritually. So the Torah warns that Moshe Rabbein is warning for Israel, um, to cut off such roots, to uproot such parts of our behavior. And he says, what are they? What are these bad roots that produce negative things? He says that a person says, shalom yeli. A person says, it's all going to be good. It's all going to be fine. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whomever I want. I, it's just, everything's great. Everything's fine. There's, got, there's no consequences and there's no, um, there's no, uh, a, a, a Result of what we do in terms of the choices we make. That everything is random and everything's free. That is a very bad route and a bad approach to life and understanding that we may have in our world. We need to uproot that. We need to destroy that. We need to remove that from our being. Because if we live with that mindset, so then we detach ourselves from Hashem and we could end up doing anything and we could end up anywhere. And that removes us from the consciousness of the Creator, from this awareness that Rosh Hashanah gives us, 
that we are standing in front of Hashem, that we're in the presence of Hashem. And that's Hashem is Lefanecha, as we say, um, throughout the slichas and through the davening, al this is, and this we do in particular on Yom Kippur, al shechatanu lefanecha. We're doing vidui, we are confessing for a sin that we did lefanecha in Hashem's presence. So we are lift, Hashem, we, we are standing lifnei Hashem, and we shouldn't wait until the end, till, till Rosh Hashanah, until Neila and Yom Kippur, to come to this consciousness. Lefanecha Hashem is in front of all of us. And if we have um, swayed, if we have veered off the, the way, the derech, so this is the time now to start coming back to ourselves and coming back to this awareness that we are lifnei Hashem, we are in front of Hashem. And that is the din of Rosh Hashanah. The judgment of Rosh Hashanah is to what extent do I realize this? To what extent do I make this a part of my consciousness and my cognizance in my life? That there's a God, that we're standing in front of God, and that there are consequences to our choices and to our behavior in our lives. How much is that a part of my being um, and a part of my reality that I'm living with in my life? And that is the judgment of Rosh Hashanah. That's what it's saying in the beginning of the Parsha. You're standing there today on Rosh Hashanah in front of Hashem. How much is the in front of Hashem a part of your life and of your being? And and that's what we're trying to do on Rosh Hashanah. The whole theme of Rosh Hashanah is what we call Malchus. It's crowning God as king. Is making a reality in our minds, in our world, in our being, that Hashem is here, Hashem is present. Hashem is part of our everyday lives. And we all need to, that's the din. So the din, we are judged on Rosh Hashanah, how much is that a part of us? How much is that a part of our reality? And we all need the blessings of Hashem. Because uh, if, if there's one thing that the pandemic has shown us all, that is that we are all very vulnerable creatures. And we are this tiny, tiny, miniature, little, um, little particle of corona has such a massive impact on all of us. It's uh, the, the, the size of the uh, corona particle is, is 125 nanometers. So what is that? What does that mean? It means that 100 million particles of corona fit on a pinhead. That's how 100 million fit on a pinhead. And one little particle, look what it's done to the whole world. It's really brought us to our knees. And so we should all realize that we are very vulnerable creatures, and nothing is in our pocket, nothing is given, it's not given that we'll have another year of health, of good health, as we've seen around the world. It's not given that we'll have another year of parnosa, of earning a living and being able to provide for our families comfortably. That's not given. That's not something that uh, we, we should expect that is owed to us. It's not given that we should um, live in a country or in a world where there's peace and where there's harmony and where there's prosperity. Everything is very precarious. Certainly the political situation here in South Africa, as we all know, is is very insecure and uncertain. And it's not certain anywhere in the world, even in the great United States of America. So we see there's rioting and there's looting and there's mobs that are that are are, are unrestrained and free to do what they want to do. So even the greatest uh, um, democracy in the world is having major problems in terms of law and order, and it's very uncertain what the future is going to be in America with the elections coming up. It could uh, very well be that the radical 
socialists come into power and uh, they will transform America and the American economy and there almost certainly will be a, a tremendous economic uh, recession in America as a result of those socialist economic policies and that will have a knock-on effect to the whole world. And so, you know, we constantly are living in an environment and in circumstances that are very, very uncertain. And it's not coincidental and by chance that that's the way it is. Hashem wants us to realize that nothing is given and nothing is expected and everything only comes by the grace of God. And that's the judgment of Rosh Hashanah, is where do we fit into God's world? Where do we fit into the bigger picture of this great experiment called the universe that God created? And therefore our work on Rosh Hashanah is to come to that realization. That Hashem is in front of us. Hashem is here. Hashem controls the world. That all of these things only come through Hashem's blessing and Hashem's kindness. And we need to tap into that. We need to connect to that. We need to make ourselves a part of that. And that's our work on Rosh Hashanah. Is to realize, so that's what we call the Malchus. The Kabbalos Ol Malchus Shemaim. The accepting upon ourselves the yoke of the divine kingdom. That's the work on Rosh Hashanah, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, that's that's our focus on the certainly the days that are leaving up from Slifus, which is Motzei Shabbos Saturday night, up until Rosh Hashanah, which is next Friday night, and that is the work. That's our our um, homework right now is in is to get ourselves into that mindset and to enter into Rosh Hashanah in which we 100% in the depths of our hearts are makabel or accept upon ourselves that Hashem is king of the world, that there's a creator who created the world, who, con- who perpetually gives life and energy to the world to survive, and who wants us to develop ourselves as human beings, not just to develop our bank accounts or to develop our our stomachs, but to develop our souls on the Shamas, to become noble human beings, to have self-control, to say no to ourselves, say yes to the Torah and the mitzvahs, and no to our Yetzirah. That's what we're in this world to do. That's why we are here. And a big part of that is accepting Hashem's kingship on Rosh Hashanah. That's the whole, uh, interestingly enough, on Rosh Hashanah, we don't at all refer to our individual sins, our individual avarice. The entire focus is on Hashem being king. If we, we return back to basics, to the beginning. Um, later on, in Asesimei and Yom Kippur, we'll start focusing on the details and on our own track record and our own personal um, uh, uh, level spiritually. But now we much more important than that is entering into the game, is accepting that there's a God, there's a creator, and God is the king of the world. And we accept upon ourselves that God is the king of the world. That's the starting point. And then we can um, look at the finer details of our own track record, of our own spiritual, uh, bal- the balance in our spiritual bank account. And that's the, the most basic, fundamental, logical reality that exists in the world. That there must be a creator. It's absolutely ridiculous and ludicrous to not see that. To not see that basic, logical, straight-thinking, fundamental point that there must be a creator to the sophisticated world. To claim that this world is random and it's all by accident and by chance is absolutely ridiculous. Is, is, is bordering on insanity to see, to see our beautiful, sophisticated world and every part of it 
and to not see that there must have been a creator to this world, a sophisticated, uh, eternal creator who created this world for a reason, created human beings, these incredible beings in this world for a reason, in order for us to develop and grow. God sends a soul down into our bodies. We are given a journey in this world, and we can develop and grow and fulfill our tikkun, our mission, our purpose in this world, or we could choose to ignore it, or we could choose to turn our backs on it. Or we could choose to walk around in a dwell and in a haze and not see the bigger picture and the reality and the fact that we, our body is not the ikka. Our body is not the main focus of our existence. Our body is going to die after, please God, it should be 120 years of full life in this world. And then the body is gone. It's the neshama that's eternal. It's the soul. And we are here to develop the soul and to feed the soul. And to say no to the body and yes to the soul. And to do God's commandments and to develop and grow as human beings. So in Rosh Hashanah, we're coming back to that reality. That there's a king, there's a melech, that God created the world. And we are accept God's rulership, God's kingdom over the world. And we are here to connect to God and to build ourselves spiritually. So that's the beautiful, powerful message of Rosh Hashanah. And that's the message we learned from the beginning of this week's Pasha. Attend that Sabim Hayom, you are standing today, which is the day of Rosh Hashanah, says Zohar, Kolchem Lifne Hashem Bekechem, in front of Hashem. To come back to that reality, Hashem is everywhere. So let's talk a little bit about Rosh Hashanah, a little bit further about Rosh Hashanah. Um, Rosh Hashanah, so we have many beautiful customs and many beautiful observances on Rosh Hashanah. Um, one of them being is that we annul our vows on Erev Rosh Hashanah, which is uh, Friday, next Friday. We'll be annulling our vows. Um, so the annulment of vows is something that's done before Rosh Hashanah because we don't want to go into the Yom Hadin, the huge, the day of judgment, um, with our track record being uh, dismal. In other words, with these untied, these loose ends that we made commitments and vows and we didn't stick to them. So therefore, we annul those vows in order to. Uh, remove the accusation against us that we didn't fulfill. Now, obviously, it's not that we are dishonest people. Chas God forbid. Of course, when we make a commitment, and of course, when we give our word, we stick to that word. And, you know, unfortunately, today it's a rarity that people stick to their word, that a handshake's a handshake, you know, in a pre-COVID world, a virtual handshake. But by a Jew, a, a Jew's word is his or her bond. We stick by word. Of course we do. We don't... We, we deliver on our commitments. But however, sometimes we might have take, taken things upon ourselves that we were not able to uh, deliver on, that we're not able to, to, um, to uh, carry through. And if we haven't carried them through in Shemaim, in the heavenly world, that's a very serious accusation against us. So the Hataras Ndarim, the Naumant of us, in order to remove that, that claim against us in the heavens. On Rosh Hashanah also, we... Uh, the first night of Rosh Hashanah, it's actually a minute first night, not second night, is we have simanim. Um, so we only do the simanim, these uh, significant omens on the first night of Rosh Hashanah. And those uh, omens are very interesting because we regard, we understand, our Hodi tradition teaches us, that Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the year. It's the genes of the year. Imagine a child, a fetus, and the fetus, the genes of the fetus are being developed when it's uh, in its in the womb. Um, and that's why, of course, we say that a child is a neshama and abortion is, is murder. It's something that's not allowed according to 
um, God's wisdom and the Torah law. Um, so when the genes are being formed, that's very, very important. That's critical because if there's a fault in the genes, it's going to play out and it's going to result in abnormalities when the child is born. Um, and so that's a critical stage. We say the genes of the year are Rosh Hashanah. The, the 48 hours of Rosh Hashanah are really that process of the genes being developed. And the whole year is just a follow on from that, from that source, from those genes in the first 48 hours. And therefore, on Rosh Hashanah, we're very careful to try and do positive things, as many positive things as possible. So, of course, the first thing is that you must keep Rosh Hashanah. We must not, we mustn't do any malacha on Rosh Hashanah, like on Shabbos. The malachas work we can't do on Shabbos, we can't do on Rosh Hashanah either. So keep the, the Yom Tov, that's very, very important, and that's a very big part of the, of the judgment and of the genes being formed in the right way for the year, of the blessings that we connect to on that day. And also we have these many positive omens that we, um, also refer to that we try and, and, um, and, uh, fulfill because if you take your Otschkol Machsor or your Otschkol Sidur, you'll find all the, the omens for Rosh Hashanah, this is what we call the Simanim, the signs, and they, they, they plays on words that refer to positive things, uh, that we hope will be, uh, initiated on Rosh Hashanah and play out during the year. So that's a, a, another significant custom that we have in Rosh Hashanah in order that we, we try and play our part to ensure that it will be a year full with blessing. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. We're discussing the important uh, customs on Rosh Hashanah. First one we've mentioned is the simanim, the omens that we, the positive things that we have on the first night of Rosh Hashanah. Um, so follow your sidur or your masor. They'll tell you what foods we have. And we uh, say blessings over there. And then we eat the food. Then we say hiratzon. If you said the blessing already, you'll just say hiratzon. We do say Hashem's name in the hiratzon in that uh, line, that, that uh, positive omen of la- the line that we say. Um, if you're having the food, if you're not having the food, so the custom is, is you can say Yiratzon, but without Hashem's name. Um, another thing also that we're conscious of in Rosh Hashanah is that we try not to get angry. So since we say Rosh Hashanah is the genes of the year and everything follows those 48 hours, the genes that were, that were set at that time. So we don't want to be angry because we don't want to have a year of anger and a year of frustration. And the year of resentment. And so we should be careful. All of us be conscious of this. And throughout Rosh Hashanah, try not to get angry. And try to be aware of this. Uh, it'll, I think we'll be interested to see that sometimes we don't even notice when we're getting angry, when we're getting frustrated. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, good. And that's also, there's a custom not to have uh, bitter foods or foods that are too sharp, like in vinegar. Or um, we don't have nuts on Rosh Hashanah because the... Gematria of egos, which is a nut in Hebrew, is the same gematria, same numerical value of the word chet, sin. So we don't want to connect or associate us in any way to sin. So these are some of the things that we try and uh, customs that we try to follow Rosh Hashanah. Now, of course, of Rosh Hashanah, uh, the main mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah <coughs> is the shofar, is the blowing of the shofar, the ram's horn. And this year, since first day of Rosh Hashanah, it's Friday night, Saturday, next Friday night, Saturday, which is the 18th and 19th of September, so we don't blow the shofar on Shabbos. Um, we'll only be blowing shofar on Sunday, on the uh, 
the 20th of September, next Sunday. So we will be blowing shofar. And it's going to be interesting this year because because of COVID, so the, the numbers are much lower. We're only able to have services of 50 people at a time with social distancing for ma- maximum of two hours. And so it means that um, many people won't be going to shul this year. And, of course, those that are over 60, those that have comorbidities should not be going to shul, should be careful and uh, should be cautious, which is the right thing to do. Um, so what about shofar? So all of the uh, orthodox communities um, in South Africa will be arranging uh, extra shofar blowing times. And so when I contact your local orthodox synagogue and they will – um, be t- they will be able to tell you when you could come to hear the shofar being blown, or if you know somebody who has a shofar who can blow a shofar, arrange for them to come and blow for you. So, and that shofar can be blown any time um, on second day Rosh Hashanah in the day at any time. One fulfills the requirement of shofar if the person blowing is already blown, and the, the person that they're blowing for has, for has not heard the shofar. So, ideally, those people should say the blessings. But if they're not able to say the blessings, then the blower, even though he's already said the blessings, can say them again um, for people who are going to be hearing the shofar. The minimum amount of shofar blowing is 30 blasts. The minimum amount that we blow is 30. Um, and we can um, blow, uh, we, we try and blow 30 before Musaf and then 30 during the repetition of the Amidah of Musaf and then another 40 at the end of the Amidah. Uh, in order to be a total of a hundred blasts, we do try and do that. Um, so this year, whether we're going to get it all in two hours, it's not so simple because you only got two hours. Some shoes are going to have two hours, a two hour break, and then another two hours. Other shoes are going to get it all in, in the initial two hours. So, um, but whatever it is, so ideally we try and have a hundred blasts, but to fulfill the requirements, the, the basic mitzvah, the commandment to hear the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. So one needs to hear 30 blasts, the first 30 blasts. And when people are, when they're going to be, uh, second blowings, they'll be just the 30 blasts. So everybody can fulfill their basic obligation. When the shofar is being blown, so we all should have in mind, first and foremost, that we're fulfilling the obligation of the Torah to hear the shofar being blown in Rosh Hashanah. That's the, always the first, uh, uh, thoughts that we have, that we're fulfilling God's commandment to hear the shofar being blown. And then secondly, we should have here hurray tshuva, thoughts of tshuva, thoughts of returning to Hashem and of changing our ways if they are not uh, in line with the Torah and of doing tshuva, thoughts of re- rectifying ourselves and our ways and of doing tshuva. Um, and that's the important and powerful mitzvah of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. And there's many beautiful things that are said about the shofar. We don't have time today. Maybe next week we'll talk a little bit more about the shofar and about the significance of the shofar, what it's doing and how powerful it is. And how significant are the, um, the, the, is this mitzvah of the blowing of the shofar? Um, we, on Rosh Hashanah, the focus of the day, one of the main focuses of the day is Musaf, is the davening of Musaf. Musaf is the, the additional service that we uh, do on Shabbos and on Yom Tif. And the Musaf Amidah, the Musaf Shmon Esra, a silent prayer, silent meditation is such a powerful prayer. And it's got such a, a, a deep significance. It's the longest Amidah of the year. And it has in it three, the, the middle. So the beginning and the end of every Amidah is the same. Um, the, the, the beginning, uh, the first three blessings and the last three blessings are the same. The middle blessings of Musaf are very, very powerful. And the middle blessings have the 
fundamental themes of Judaism, which are and which we focus on on this day of Rosh Hashanah, which are called Malchuyos, Zichroinos, and Shofrus. The themes of kingship, Malchuyos, Zichroinos. So kingship means that God is king, God is our king, and as we've been saying earlier, that's the main focus of Rosh Hashanah, is reminding ourselves that God is the king of the world, God controls the world, and we accept that upon ourselves in the depths of our hearts, and that's the beginning of the spiritual journey and uh, development of, of any human being, is to accept God as king. So that, so that's the first part, is God is king. Secondly, we, Zichroinus means remembrance. Remembrance is we're remembering that there's such a concept of remembrance. In other words, we, we emphasizing this concept of remembrance that there's something called reward and punishment. That there's nothing that happens in a vacuum. That everything is part of our ability to choose in this world. And there is reward for the right choices that we make. And there's punishment for the wrong choices that we make. There are consequences to our lives and to our choices. We're not living in a random vacuum, but rather we are living in a um, a uh, world where God gives us life. God gives us this wonderful, great opportunity of life. And there will be a reckoning and a an answering to what we did with those opportunities. There are no free lunches. That's Zichroinus, and we ask God to remember us with compassion and favor. And finally, the third section of the Musaf Amidah is Shofrus. Is the remember we remember the significant times of Jewish history when the shofar was blowing, in particular the blowing of the shofar at Har Sinai when we received the Torah, which was the birth of the Jewish people, the beginning of the Jewish people, where we crowned God as King, where we entered into the covenant with God, which is the purpose of our creation, and so we're returning back to that fundamental uh, basis upon which we were born as a as a nation, the Jewish people which is that we have a covenant with God and we are sent to this world to fulfill that covenant with God. So those fundamentals are the central aspects of Judaism, which we follow during um, during um, Rosh Hashanah. So we're reminding ourselves what we are and what it means to be a Jew and uh, what our basic principles are by which we live our lives. We'll be back in a moment. Please stay with us. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. We're going to end off our time together with a very important fundamental principle in Judaism, something that we've touched on already. We said that the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah, there's three parts to it. The middle section is Malchiyah Sichronus Shofros. Sichronus means remembrance. That there is such a concept called remembrance is reward and punishment. And this principle we see very clearly in this week's Pasha as well. Moshe tells the Jewish people, life and death are placing in front of you, blessing and curse, and choose life. Moshe Rabbeinu says, choose life. He's telling us that we can choose we have an ability to choose life. Um, and there's such a, a reality in life called Bechira, free choice. We all have free choice. And free choice is something that we need to employ. In other words, the Torah is telling us that we all have a responsibility in this world, um, a responsibility to choose right and to turn down wrong, and that will determine our lives in this world, the, the nature 
and the course of our lives in this world and determine our eternity, what will be with our souls when we leave this world. And that is a basic reality. We've seen throughout the generations, throughout history, there have been all types of kfira, which means there's all types of heresy where they deny God's existence. In our generation, it's unique. We've reached new lows that we, we see that we even deny that a human being has choice, that a human being has the right to choose and, the, and they are responsible for the consequences of those choices. We see in the world today uh, trends, many different trends, where people are um, – they deny the fact that there's free choice, that people are responsible for the choices they make. We see many, many criminals are given off in courts of law because they say the, the, the what they did, the terrible crimes they perpetrated were a result of socioeconomic circumstances and the – the, they didn't have any choice at all. They, they were forced into this. That's not the Jewish view at all. The Jewish view is we all have a choice. We all have to stand up to the responsibilities in our lives and make the right choices. And if we make the wrong choices, we have to rectify that because ultimately that is what life is about, is to make those choices. And Rosh Hashanah is a, a day where we determine um, how were our choices and what did we do with those choices in the year and where we choose, do we want to enter into a spiritual world where God is our king and where we choose to serve God and to live in a spiritual, with a spiritual awareness or do we choose to turn away from that? And that is the judgment of Rosh Hashanah and that's a responsibility that we all need to face in our lives. And it's a very empowering concept because we have the ability to do right, to choose good, to live upstanding moral spiritual lives or we have the choice to turn away from that. And that is really the basis of what it means to be a Jew in this world. Thank you so much for listening. Wishing everybody a ksiva even though next week we have another one more chance to talk before Rosh Hashanah to be to spend time together. But uh, wishing everybody please got a year filled with Hashem's richest blessings of good health, of peace and of prosperity. Have a wonderful day.